tuning in to the Life of Gem podcast. That's J-E-M. But first, a word from our sponsor, Hotbox Vintage. Hi, I'm Delilah, and I own Hotbox Vintage in South Pasadena, California. At Hotbox, our goal is curating vintage pieces that you can't live without. Our collection includes everything from the 1940s to even the early 2000s. What excites us is eclectic and unconventional style since there's no one-size-fits-all approach to fashion. Hotbox is priced for accessibility so that literally anyone can discover some vintage gems of their own. Plus, it's sustainable. Find us on Instagram and use code RAGHOUSE at checkout for 20% off your first order at hotboxvintage.com. Hi, I'm back. It's Jem, J-E-M, and this is episode three of my video podcast. That's Life of Jem, which is based on my Life of Jem blog, J-E-M. And you can find my blog on my Facebook page. Just search Life of Jem. And just so you know, if you want to start a video podcast, contact April Duran at Raghouse Media. You won't be disappointed. Today, we have a foodie episode, maybe an anti-foodie episode. And we're going to talk about food from the 1980s. I'm a child of the 1980s. I grew up right here in Ontario, California, where the studio sits. I'm a lawyer, a deputy public defender, and I love to write about everything, including food. We have an exciting show for you today and a special guest, my twin sister, Jacqueline Mance, who is also a Yelp review extraordinaire. And she loves to work out and she loves to eat. I love to eat, but I don't like to work out. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some of our favorite comfort foods. And we're also going to talk about why real women have curves. But first, I'm going to read a story of mine called Fast Food Memories that first aired on the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour about a year ago. Fast Food Memories. When I think of the food from my childhood, the first memory that comes to mind is of McDonald's Golden Arches. When my dad got off work at Mayflower Moving Company, he would love to take us there. My choice was always the same. A cheeseburger with no onions, a small French fry, and a small orange soda. The bun was soft, the meat tasted fresh, and the fries were a salty explosion in my mouth. I can just almost taste it sitting here. McDonald's doesn't taste the same to me today, but is it a matter of perception or a matter of fact? I'm not sure, but I can tell you this. All of my friends from the 80s who are my age have the same nostalgia I have for McDonald's Golden Arches. I mean, it was as much a part of our 1980s childhood as Pac-Man and Love Boat. I also have to confess that I'm a connoisseur of fast food, all fast food, and processed food products. It is something I used to try and hide, but if you read my memoir pieces, they all have an obsession with food. This was passed down from my father, who would regale me and my sisters growing up with stories about his stomach growling as a young child. My dad was born in post-depression Great Falls, Montana, and his mom and dad could not afford to feed their family. In a sign of the times, his parents put him, his brother and sisters, into an orphanage for a time. I've never met my paternal grandparents, but if I ever had, I would have asked them, did you ever wonder if he went hungry? Now, my next memory is Pizza Hut on 4th and Grove. Pizza Hut 
as many of you may or may not know, used to be an actual restaurant. It used to have tables with red and white checkered tablecloths. A waitress would come up and she would bring us a large pepperoni pizza and a big black skillet. My dad always ordered us, us three girls a pitcher of root beer and him a pitcher of Budweiser. There were also small black and white TVs on the table and you had to plug them with quarters. And my dad would plug these little TV with these little televisions with quarters and let me and my sisters watch facts of life and different strokes. He would always look at us while he was drinking his beer with a tired look in his eyes and say, slow down, girl, save your mom a piece. But we would just shovel piece after piece into our mouths. We'd save my mom one piece. But, you know, eating out in our family really was a treat. My dad was a truck driver. My mom was a waitress. Time and money was always short. And my dad was the cook, not my mom. He didn't cook German food per se. He cooked American classics like meatloaf, um, pork chops with applesauce. And he would cherish his big can of bacon drippings like it was the most holiest of treasures. And when he was done cooking, there was always a bright sheen of oil on those countertops. Dad also packed our lunches. His favorite was to pack a Polish sausage sandwich with pickles, <laughs> April's laughing, and mustard. But his most special sandwich was potted meat delight with mayonnaise and relish on white bread. I couldn't trade those sandwiches. It was impossible. They sometimes went straight into the crash can. I was always a peanut butter and jelly kind of girl. Now, when I try to think of the Mexican side of my heritage, the only thing that comes to mind is taco night. My mom would simmer ground beef with Tabasco in a pan and then have cheese, lettuce, and tomatoes cut up on the side with store-bought taco shells and refried beans from a can. Me and my sisters would rush to the table, grab a taco, and stuff it into our mouths. I would always eat at least two she also would make her homemade Mexican rice, which was really the only thing she knew how to cook homemade. And the way she made it was amazing. She would just put a bunch of rice in a pot with some crushed garlic, a lot of salt, some oil, and then she'd add water once she simmered that. And it always came out perfect. I can never make it. I always check on it and mess it up. My next memory of Mexican food, if you can call it that, is Pup and Taco. Pup and Taco was a precursor to Taco Bell, and it was here in Ontario on 4th and Vineyard. Oh, well, actually between Grove and Vineyard. My sisters and I would ride our swim bicycles with our best friends, Melinda and Pam. We would get there. Tostadas were 25 cents. We would open the tostada like a present. I mean, these were treasures because sometimes we'd have to pay with pennies, rat pennies, but pennies. Those tostadas tasted like heaven and we would drink water. No one had enough money for a soda. And even if you did buy a soda, they weren't refillable back then. Think of that. Now, Melinda and Pam, those were our best friends. They live, their mom still lives right down the street from here where we are. And Melinda's mom did know how to cook and she would make us pozole. And her pozole was a spicy, simmering pork soup that had cabbage, cut up radishes. 
it was so delicious. And she would serve us at this tiny little table in her apartment. And she'd serve us in small ceramic bowls. And we'd slurp the first bowl so fast just so we could get a second helping. Then when I was in high school, I worked at Taco Bell. I was only 15. I had a work permit. They trained me to make the taco meat by placing the ground beef in a huge vat and pouring in a huge pound bag of taco-flavored seasoning. It reminded me a little bit of my mom's taco nights when we were little. But I loved Taco Bell's Mexican pizza. I was seriously addicted to it. I would eat it every time I worked. And recently, I went through Taco Bell and I ordered one. And it tasted like old flour and burnt bitter meat. Has fast food really changed that much? Or have my taste buds changed? I guess what these stories tell me is that I'm somewhat of an anti-foodie. The memories I cherish most are my fast food memories. The taco nights when I was little, sitting with my sisters at the table, grabbing taco after taco, fighting over the sides of cheese and sour cream, slurping pozole with my best friends, driving with my dad and his big rig to McDonald's to get a cheeseburger, watching the television while eating pizza at Pizza Hut, those bike rides to Pup and Taco with my sisters and our best friends, the fast pedaling of our twins and yearning for the taste of a 25-cent tostada on my lips. Those memories are my childhood, and all I need to do is go through a drive through for a taste of nostalgia. Like most memories, they taste bittersweet. They don't always taste like I remember, but I can tell you this. These are not the most elevated of culinary memories, but they are mine. That's it. Hope you like the story. Now I have a guest coming on. Jackie, come on. Hey, Juanita. <laughs> see if I can share this on my page. I'm hungry. <laughs> There's like a lot of stops on the way home. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully everyone's on Life of Gem because I can't figure out how to uh, share it on my wall. Maybe April can share it on my wall. So Jackie, uh, introduce yourself. Tell everyone your name, what you do for a living. Hi, I'm Jacqueline Marie Mance. I go by Jackie though. Or Wonder I, Twin. Or Wonder Twin. I've been a special educator for 20 years. Uh, I taught high school, but now I'm currently running special ed programs for Palm Springs Unified, and that's my passion, special education. What does your shirt say? Oh, it's a Virginia Woolf quote. Can you read it? One cannot think well, love well, sleep well if one has not dined well. I wear this shirt to remind everyone never to be hangry. That means eat well and eat often. <laughs> Jackie loves to eat, but she also works out, basically works out to eat. You do triathlons, right, Jackie? I do. I run, swim, cycle. Because of the COVID recently, though, I've been doing a lot of yoga, Yoga with Adrian, a YouTube channel. You were training for the Ironman. What happened with that? Well, I got as far as a half Ironman, which is quite a distance. So you jump into a lake, 1.2 miles, then you cycle 25 miles, and then you run 13.2 miles. I did finish. Yay. It took me about eight to 10 hours. I don't know exactly. I can't remember. I was too tired to look. And if you know how old I am, then you know it was no mean feat. I was like one of the last ones to finish, but that's okay. Jackie used to always ask me to do marathons, and she stopped asking. 
Yeah. I, once in a while, I'll ask her to do like a 5K, which is like 3.2 miles, and she'll be like, can we walk? Okay, we can walk. <laughs> is there beer involved? <laughs> there, And I'm sure April knows there are runs that end with the beer garden. There really are. Yeah. Rock and roll marathons. They're okay. in Vegas. Maybe do that one. So tell me, what's your favorite food memory? It can be from childhood. It can be recent. What's your favorite food memory? Favorite food memory. Well, as a child, I would love to watch my dad make, uh, now this isn't fast food, this is homemade food, but my dad would make us Mickey Mouse pancakes on Sundays. And it it didn't matter what was in them. It was just the shape of the ears. That was the best mm-hmm. part. And then we'd put butter and peanut butter and sometimes syrup. And my husband, Joe, still makes those to this day when he wants to score like brownie points or wants me to clean the house or something. <laughs> um, and I usually do because I just love Mickey Mouse pancakes. Well, and dad didn't use a stencil. I think he used a knife and he would like just carve. I, I, I honestly, to this day, probably don't know how he did it without a stencil because today people are fancy and they'll go to, you know, the fancy cooking store and get a stencil. But dad didn't do any of that. No, and I don't do it that way either. I just like put a circle and then put two ears and it's a little lopsided, but I don't believe anything needs to be perfect to be beautiful. <laughs> and dad used to always put jelly in the pancakes. That was one of his secrets or bananas or peanut butter. And bacon grease. <laughs> I love my, the bacon grease. My secret to pancakes is actually real manteca, butter. Um, and I let the butter sizzle in the pan, and then I put my pancake mix in. I make sure I let it bubble and let the edges get crispy before I flip. But I don't actually put butter once I'm eating them because they already taste like butter. Yeah, and I use bacon grease, actually. I still have a thing of bacon grease. I put it in the fridge. I don't know. It's one of my things. Uh Never got food poisoning, <laughs> so and uh, but I do like the keto paleo pancakes with that, and they turn out pretty good. Yeah, I don't like the keto paleo. Um, to me, they're a little grainy. Adrian bought those at Costco, and to me, they're grainy. But I mean, at least they're not so carb delicious. Right, and I do have to do the disclaimer. I actually have to make two sets of pancake, one regular pancakes for Joe, and then the keto paleo for myself. So I do that a lot. I'll make two meals. Still can't figure out to my page. So tell me, um, what's your favorite childhood fast food? Now, I love McDonald's, of course. We all love Ronald McDonald and the hamburger, right? I like the hamburger. Uh, but really, it's Carl's Jr. And I do not eat Carl's Jr. today. But I always remember after my parents would have like some kind of controversy or something, in our family, it was always, let's go eat and life is better. So my mom would take us to Carl's Jr. and I would order a Western bacon cheeseburger, a fry, and a Diet Coke. Or maybe it was a regular Coke back then. I still drink Diet Coke to this day, though. And you, Western bacon cheeseburgers. I have fond memories. Do you remember Carl's Jr.'s? Um, they used to sell hot dogs and orange soda. Yes, I do. Do you guys remember on 4th and Baker, right next to Carl's, there was a Carlo Carlos de Queso, I think. Yes. 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 Isn't that crazy? Anyone that grew up in Ontario, we also know what was on 4th and Vineyard by the other side across from Stater Brothers. Sizzler. And? In and out. Pioneer Chicken. Oh. Oh, Pioneer Chicken. Orange skin, crispy as hell. I mean, you just bite into it and the oil would like pop in your mouth like those pop things that you used to eat. And I mean, my dad loved Pioneer chicken. He did. Yes. I'm getting really hungry, but when you were talking about like the 
the location of places, all I thought of is Yum Yum Donuts. Oh, yeah. Give me a jelly donut any day, man. And Rosemary, I think, used to work at Yum Yum Donuts. Rosemary one of our Calderon. Other, yeah. Yes, one of our other childhood friends. So friends, food, memories, they all go together. And I can say this. You know you're blue collar if you grew up eating donuts, but date old donuts. My dad would always get Rosemary's mom, who worked at Yum Yum, to give him the day off, the day old donuts at like half off. So it was like, I think he got a dozen for a buck or two. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, my dad was really thrifty. So we, he'd take us to the drive-in, and he had one of those big pickup trucks with a camper on the back, and he'd put Annie in the front seat, and then he'd be like, girls, duck down, and we'd duck down <laughs> under the packing blankets. And I mean, he'd save two bucks. Yeah. And he'd, he'd give it to us for pop for popcorn. And oh, talk about dad's popcorn! Oh, so when we would go to the drive-in, we never really went to the concession stand. We'd have like our Shasta Cola in a cooler, and we'd have this big, greasy paper brown bag full <laughs> of popcorn. And I was actually going to make popcorn to bring here, but I probably ate it all anyway on the way because I'm addicted to popcorn um, with butter, like homemade butter. You Morgan. have to. Well, he used margarine. I use butter. I, I don't. Butter I don't too. eat margarine. Uh, so, and then salt and pepper and shake, shake, shake. Oh, party in the mouth. It was so <laughs> good. And we bring our lawn chairs. So he'd bring his camper. We'd put our lawn chairs out. We'd have that popcorn. My dad had, was a mover, so we'd have these packing blankets, and we just wipe our oily, stained hands on the park packing blankets. Well, and think about it now, like drive-ins are making a comeback, the renaissance of the drive-in. And I just love that because I think it's so much better because you can be with family and share food with family and talk to family as you watch the movie. And um, what's your guilty pleasure today? If there's one thing that's other than popcorn, because we already talked about popcorn. You know, I was thinking it was dumplings because I have a thing for dumplings, but really it's blazed pizza. If I'm going to go get a pizza, because you get your own. I Mm -hmm. love that idea of I get my own pizza. And nobody has to, like, share, and I don't have to have pepperoni on it. I can have whatever I want on my pizza. I like the green stripe. Yes, yes. Um, I was thinking my guilty pleasure, and my husband, I think Jackie knows this too. She has the same guilty pleasure as well. One year, I ate a hot pocket pocket every day for breakfast, the ham and cheese ones, (laughs) which are really just empanadas. But, I mean, you always burn your mouth. It's always, like, processed food. Food. And it's because I grew up, we grew up eating Spam, pot. No one knows what potted meat is anymore because no one needs to. It was like dog food. It was so gross. Well, I love Hot Pockets. And by the very nature, they're processed because they go in the microwave, right? <laughs> you can't even cook them, really. I don't think you could even cook them in an oven. I don't think it would work. So, but yes. Hot Pockets. Hot pockets. I love a hot pocket. I do not have them in my house for that very reason because they would be gone. Which one do you like? Uh, pizza, pepperoni, and cheese. But it doesn't really, it just tastes like mush, really. Yeah. But it's good mush. The ham and cheese one's the best. And I have to say, the one that's not worth it is the low-fat broccoli. One. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what is the point of that? If you're going to eat a hot pocket, eat one with cheddar cheese and ham. It's oxymoron. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we've talked, Jackie and I talked about this earlier today. Her and I went and got dumplings for lunch. I went off my low-carb diet for lunch to do that. But um, why do you think so few people write about fast food? Do you think it's poor shaming? Do you think it's um, some kind of stigma? Because back in the 80s, I'll say this, there wasn't a stigma against fast food. Everyone pretty much just ate it and thought it was fine. And people relied on it because this is when women were pretty much working full time for the first time in history in the 70s and 80s. 
And uh, so what do you think about that? Why do you think people don't talk about fast food? But fast food is back because my nephew, Nicholas, for his 16th birthday, he wanted Taco Bell. And not just, he had to have a feast. We had a feast. I was like, $40 on Taco Bell? (laughs) I spent $2 at Del Taco. Well, I think it's a shame that we've kind of uh, trained people to to have this like love hate relationship with food and I really am I've had it so I know how challenging that can be so I really think you know everything is in moderation and it's the choices you make day in and day out but in terms of why people shame people for eating fast food I just think it's society tells us it's bad but they also told us a lot of other things were bad or good and they don't necessarily have to be I think it's just, you know, make good decisions most of the time. And if you want to eat something, eat it and be happy. Life is so short. I think if anything, the COVID taught us that. Yeah. I mean, COVID taught me to eat at home more, but I don't cook. And I don't think Jackie cooks either. Other than I cook breakfast. Um, (laughs) My husband cooks. Who cooks in your household? I do cook uh, because I have certain things I cook, but they're not necessarily cooked. So I like make a cauliflower pizza, but I take the cauliflower (laughs) pizza out of the box. But it's a very good, high quality cauliflower pizza. And then I put toppings on it. So that's more my form of cooking is some kind of like low carb tortilla and make eggs. I do like basic cooking. But Joe, my husband, is a wonderful cook. Um, I watch a lot of cooking shows and then I'll go out to eat. (laughs) <laughs> like I just watched a woman in India like I paid this, for this cooking class watched her watched everybody else cook and then I'm like okay we're going to Spice Jar in Fontana great Indian food well what's funny is uh, my husband will always Adrian will always say for someone who doesn't cook you sure love you a cooking show <laughs> we, haven't you learned yet <laughs> I love to bake though I went on this baking binge for a while I was reading Martha Stewart's cookbook and I got really into baking because it's more um I think even if you're not a natural cook, you can learn how to bake because it's technical. It's scientific. You just follow a recipe. I can actually cook if I follow a recipe. I make a a prime rib pretty much every holiday where I have people over and it turns out great. But I follow the recipe. Well, just, you know, you'd like rather read or write, though, most of the time than cook, right? So you just... And we lay in bed or take a bath. And we do have our mother's genes. So, you know, cooking isn't like something we're going to be chefs. So, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, mom. I love you. Love your rice. I I left out my mom's favorite dinner was hot dogs chopped up with potatoes fried. And it was delicious. April, do you remember that? I I remember uh, weenie pennies. My mom used to chop them up and then put them in eggs. And yeah, totally. The weenie thing. Yeah. The 80s. (laughs) I still eat a raw hot dog, Oscar Mayer with a pickle. When I'm like super hungry and my husband's like, you're eating it raw. I'm like, they're pre-cooked. Yeah. That's the big deal. It's fine. (laughs) When COVID first started, like every day we'd have hot dogs for lunch. And finally after a week, Joe was like, can you please no more hot dogs? I'm like, but they're so easy and they taste so good. You can put toppings. No, but I mean, there's something about man's girls where we can eat. I can eat the same thing. I, I eat peanut butter and jelly i ate that for breakfast for a year one time not the peanut butter the crustables that you get out of the freezer that you put in the toaster yeah <laughs> yeah i like subway knew my name back in the day when i ate bread they'd be like hey jackie because <laughs> yeah. i'd be like flatbread uh breakfast sandwich before work <laughs> every day for like a couple years we are the reason commercials exist because <laughs> they work i mean i'll see a commercial and i'll see something i'll be like oh that looks really good <laughs> 
Exactly. The power of product placement. (laughs) You guys have a lot of comments. I have to share these. It's hilarious. So Sergio Signmaker, he says, what's up, Life of Gem? Thank you, Sergio. Hey, anyone, Sign Man is the bomb. Look at this. He is the man. I love it. Artiste. I love the Inland Empire-like landscape. Yeah, we had to buy that image, but it's cool. Oh, we have to put put the sign up so everyone could see the the awesome mountains. Um, Felicia says, hi, girls. <laughs> Katrina Stockdale, hello, my friends. Now I want um, Nacho Bel Grande. <laughs> oh, Let's go, girl. Let's go. Yeah. I'm in. I love me some Nachos Bel Grande. Mm, I'm in like Flynn. But you can't let them sit. That's the only thing. That's it. Tracy says, I want Pup and Taco. <laughs> She's crying, <laughs> laughing. And Felicia said, Sabaro's Pizza. Did somebody work there? I worked there with my friend Melinda. Yes, Sabaros. <laughs> I also worked at the Yogurt Palace right next door in the Mount Clare Plaza. Was it Mount Clare Plaza? Mm-hmm. Mount Clare Plaza, yes. And Christina said, that's how my dad made popcorn when we went to the drive-thru out of the brown shopping bag. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Stater Brothers logo. And Sabaros had the best garlic rolls. Remember the garlic rolls? They did. Oh. oh. Judy Manns, is that your Thea? Your, <laughs> that's my that's mom. mom. Oh, your mama said your dad loved cooking shows. Hi, mom. <laughs> Hi, mama. We miss you. Lo- love the can of bacon drippings. <laughs> I have to tell you, I know this is your guys' show, but my mom till this day still has bacon grease in the fridge and she cooks with it, certain things. So it, it is. It's yeah. a it's a real good thing. Mm-hmm. It adds a lot of flavor. You, and that's how you cure a black skillet, right? Is with bacon mm-hmm. grease? Yeah. And um, let's see, poor Mexican cooking with potatoes and wieners. That's what your mom said. And tortillas. And then Felicia said pioneer chicken. Oh, pioneer chicken. And the last pioneer chicken is actually in L.A. So I think we need to make a field trip there one day. That would be awesome. The only thing I never liked about pioneer chicken was their mashed potatoes had creamy, had a light gravy, whereas KFC had the dark brown gravy. And I always prefer... Whichever way it was. I liked uh, KFC's mashed potatoes, but Pioneer Chicken had the better chicken. I'm I'm okay with Pioneer Chicken. It's a little spicy. Yeah, so good. <laughs> so, Jackie, talk to me a little bit about how you started Yelp reviewing. And then we're going to take some calls in about five minutes. People can start calling in at about 731. And my phone number is for this show is 909-539-539. Five three four five six eight four. I'm gonna get a sign eventually. Nine oh nine five three four five six eight four. Five three four five six eight four. Oh, perfect. Okay. So tell us about Yelp reviewing. How you got into it? Because Jackie's gonna be hum- humble here, but she actually goes to like these private parties and stuff. True. So I'm a Not Yelp creepy private parties, just like food <laughs> parties. Go ahead. So they're called, I'm a Yelp elite, which means I have a certain number of reviews. People read my reviews and I post constantly. And I did uh, just really start doing Yelp by reading it and trying to, you know, I'm not one of those people that like to like take a chance in a restaurant. So I read all the Yelp reviews and then I make my decision and I would go to them. So then I started writing them and I found that one, it's a good way to promote a business that you love, right? Uh, Some people are vindictive, but I'm not. But if I did have a problem, usually the owner or the manager would reach out and they would fix whatever issue I would have and I would come back and have a better experience. So I just found like it was just a good way to communicate not only with people, but with businesses. And you travel a lot. So you do it when you travel? I do it when I travel, when I go overseas to any city. Yeah, I write a review. I did three yesterday when I was out to restaurants. So and I did one today at the dumpling place. She even reviews like 
businesses, which is kind of weird, like dental, please and review your dental and medical offices, but you review anything. Pretty much, right. right. Yelp will let you review anything now. So I try to do any kind of review, especially for me, I use it as a positive thing. And some people think Yelp is negative, but I try to like a business I really love that I want to help their business. I actually write great reviews. So most of my reviews are, I think 80% of them are positive, actually. How many reviews have you done? Do you know? Hundreds. Hundreds. I have 700 pictures and I think 300 reviews. I don't want to say look up my Yelp thing. (laughs) So let's talk about real women having curves because I am curvy. I'm a big girl in a little coat. Uh, (laughs) I'm curvy. (laughs) She's uh, less big girl, more curvy. Um, So how do you eat healthy on the go? So let's talk about right now, COVID, they shut down all the restaurants. Everything's to go. You know, I know everyone knows about salads, like salads, but you do a lot of things just lettuce wrapped. Is that right? Right. Like in and out protein style. But also it's not just the bread, it's the sauce. Because for me, it's sugar. Sugar is just one of the things I try to not eat very much of. So I just try to lower the sugar content, lower the bread content. I am... I did stop cheese, but I started cheese again, and now I can't get off of it. It's like Diet Coke. So for me, it's more about the bread and French fries. Cheese and Diet Coke. Uh, French fries. I don't do French fries. So it's like a protein style is really good, or a salad. Uh, I mean, those are your rolls, right? So you can really eat anywhere. You can do, like, put lettuce instead of the taco shell. I do that a lot, or a bean cup rather than a bean burrito. So for me, it's really just trying to eliminate the bread or the, like, the fried foods like French fries. Yeah, I, I've been trying out those low-carb tortillas, and they're not too bad. They kind of taste almost like a pita bread. Mm-hmm. I kind of cut them in half because, to me, it's not worth it to even eat the whole thing. But at least it gives you something to wrap, right? And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it works. It works. Um, I think with high protein, though, you have to eat a lot more often. And I used to always wonder why you were always eating so much. But now that I've been doing less carbs, I eat a lot more often. I eat like six times a day. Right. Even so, if it's nuts or just cheese or Yeah, celery. I think that's the key. And then just, uh, yeah, vegetables, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyone can call in if they want now. It's okay. 7.30 at 909-534-5684. That's 909-534-5684. Go ahead and give us a call and let's wax nostalgic about your favorite comfort foods. Um, more comfort foods, let me think. Cheese enchiladas. My mom did teach me how to make cheese enchiladas. I do fry my tortilla in olive oil, not in regular oil. And then um, I let them cool down a little. I always burn my fingertips. but um, And then I put them in a pan with, Adrian calls them quesadillas. They're not quesadillas. <laughs> They're cheese enchiladas. And I put a lot of cheese and then olives on the top. You don't have to cook enchiladas very long unless you're putting uncooked meat. But if your chicken's already cooked and your cheese is already cooked, um, or already shredded, then you can pretty much just put them in for 20 minutes yeah. at a low temperature. Sounds good to me. Up. I'm really hungry now. So. You know, um, I would love to make my own enchilada sauce. Our best friend Melinda makes her own enchilada sauce. I use this new brand called Frontera, and it's an um, organic enchilada sauce that I found at Stater Brothers, and it's pretty much tastes really good. It doesn't have, I think a lot of canned um, enchilada sauces have that kind of um, pasty. Do you know what I mean? It almost right. tastes like paste or powder, you, you taste that. But with the Frontera brand, it doesn't taste like that. Yeah, I think the key to good cooking is non-canned ingredients. <laughs> Although I like canned ingredients, yeah. <laughs> I try not to use them. So I try to, even if it's just blending up some tomatoes, right? It can be yeah. that simple. So 
No, I think that's true. My husband, who's Argentinian, um, he taught, you know, they eat just a lot of steak. And then they'll eat a tomato onion salad with that with olive oil and parsley and some uh, balsamic. And how simple is that? Just a piece of meat and some tomato and onion. Healthy, too. And Mm -hmm. super healthy, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think... they eat big portions. I think in America, we need to just cut our portions down a little bit. I can't eat a lot of meat. So for me, I try to always go by the, you know, the Weight Watcher rule, which is the size of your palm of your hand for chicken or meat. Right. That's about all I can eat. I'm going to throw this on the curve, uh, throw this on a curve. The kind of comfort foods that I don't like, I'm Mexican, and you think I would love tamales? I hate tamales. I've always hated tamales. I hate making them. I hate it all how... All the women like to talk when they're making them. Mm-hmm. I don't like how my aunt always told me just put one olive in each <laughs> tamale. I thought that was so like cheap. But yeah, that's one food that I don't hate that's yeah. considered a comfort food for a lot of people. Yeah. I, to me, most tamales taste dry. So and the only tamale I really love are actually the corn ones, the sweet corn ones. Those I love. But just a regular tamale I could do without. I mean, now, if they put sauce and cheese on it, I'll eat it. <laughs> For me, I can eat a tamale. I just don't want to make the darn tamale. Like, yeah. how many hours does it take to make a tamale? <laughs> That's a lot of time. Just put it on a plate. I'll eat it. I like yeah. a good tamale. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your, some of your other comfort foods when you mm. need a comfort? Uh, just really like a grilled cheese. Like a oh. grilled cheese is anything with cheese. I was just going to say when you told me what uh, Adrian would eat dinner, you know, the meat and the vegetables, I have to have cheese. Whether it's goat cheese, right, or high quality cheese like a Gouda or a Brie, um, all cheeses are fine with me. I'll almost eat any cheese except when I went to France. That, that Their cheese is, some of it's pretty stinky, but you get used to it, you know. I love cheese. Oh, to me, a grilled cheese. And when I was in France, that's pretty much all I ate was the croque madame, mm. which is the ham and cheese with an egg on top. I ate that pretty much every day for lunch because <laughs> I knew what it was and I knew it was going to be good. And at home, I make them. And for me, the trick with grilled cheese, just like everything else, is real butter. Yes. If you put real butter in the pan and you don't let it get brown because you don't want to burn it, then you put your your thing on, then you put your cheese, then you put your other piece of bread, then you flip it. Oh. And you get the crispy edges. Well, um, not Melinda. Tracy and I, my best friend Tracy and I, used to oh, oh, I Hold on one second. Hi. Hi, this is Jem. Who's this? It's Felicia. Hi, Felicia. <laughs> How are you? Say hi, Jackie. Hola, Felicia. Como estas? Hi, girls. Hi. I'm sitting here watching you guys. You found us. And, and, and my, my husband texts you. He's watching you. <laughs> hi, Nick. Felicia, where's my scorpion bowl? When is this happening? COVID, no COVID. Uh, you got to mail me something. I'm serious. What do you mean? The scorpion bowl. Oh, well, I can't do that. How am I going to give it to you? <laughs> oh, oh, I got my records. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. So, Felicia, so, um, was your comfort yes. food Zang- Yangtze's Chinese restaurant in Ontario where my mom number worked? Number one. Number one. Tell us what With that was. No. Okay. So, it was, um, it was I, I don't know what was in it, but it was good. But, I mean, it was just, uh, what is it? Bean sprouts with pieces of pork. And like the sauce, and I always got the extra snow piece for fifty cents. <laughs> and um, I, I 
really didn't like their fried rice very much, but I always got like the white rice. Mm. I don't know why it just always had like a weird taste. But um, and I always got an extra patty, one of those patties. I forgot the name Foo of it. Yang. Oh my god, Foo Yang. Yes, and I love me some food. I missed that place. That was my favorite place to go. We went there. Um, we go like to the like to a funeral, and we'd all go there to eat afterwards, or like go during the week. I mean, I still went, even though I lived out in LA when I was working in the area, I always made it like stopped just to eat a number one. And for people so, who don't know, hold on, girl. Felicia, for people who don't know, what we're talking about right now is the last Cantonese restaurant in the Inland Empire was called yeah. Yangzi's. And it was on Euclid and yeah. G Street. And my mom worked there for over 20 years. A woman named Edna owned it. And the city of Ontario just recently bought it. And um, it closed down, but Yangzi's was epic. They had red vo- They had red leather booths. Um, my mom worked there, and she'd always bring us home the um, almond cookies, the orange almond cookies, and the puffy shrimp. Oh, oh, the puffy shrimp, and the crab rangoon. Oh my gosh! See, I, talk about comfort a, food. I'm more of a Mandarin Chinese kind of person. Um, a Cantonese, I didn't really like the gravies, but the food young was good, and the chop suey. I love the. I miss the gravy. Felicia, if you ever, Felicia, if you come out, I did work there. I'm not going to talk about those years. Those were the Yangtze years. I remember. I think yeah, I remember. Yeah, I financed my first divorce Um, working there. (laughs) (laughs) I actually went to the day that they closed. I was there the last day they closed, and Edna, I took her some flowers, and um, there was not much left on the menu, but I did get my number one, so I was happy. And she gave me a teapot, which, you know, it was seasoned. So, it, you know, when you use it, it's going to have that, you know, that flavor mm-hmm. of the Long. hot tea. They had she the gave best me, tea. Um, yeah. I still have some left. I'm, a, I'm you know, it's still good. <laughs> but um, I have, she gave me a plate. She gave, you know, the plate that they served my number one on. Wow. She gave me the little, little tea cup. And, I mean, you know, I mean, it's displayed in my vintage um, hutch. And, um, yeah, I, I was lucky to, to get that. was an Ontario yeah. treasure. Progress Bulletin wrote it up. Progress Bulletin really isn't with us anymore either. A lot of things have come and gone. But right. Yangtze's was, I mean, it, it was epic. At the time, people would go there. They, they also served duck, mm-hmm. uh, roast duck, and people would rave about their duck. Um, Edna actually used to invite us to her family weddings. So it's yes. the first time we had shark, t- shark tail soup. Shark fin shark soup. Shark fin soup, yes. Was it good? It well, you know what? Good. I just want to say one more thing. A place that were were really cool to um, eat in Ontario um, was um, was Los Manitos for me. Um, it was Grinder Haven. Um, was another place like you know, come on, strong sandwich. A and W root beer. Oh, good one. I mean, these are the places that my dad took us to A and W every week. You know. <laughs> That was like my favorite, and then also um, the you frosted know, glass. Do you remember the frosted glass, Felicia? Yeah. The root beer would just be that. so cold. Oh yeah, yes, man. I would drink that root beer so fast, and like, I'd say, "I want another one." And my grandma says, "Nope, you only get one." Slow down. I know, and I'm like, can you buy me the mug? He's like, no, they're too expensive. <laughs> Two ninety nine. I 
<laughs> well, the best was the root beer float, too. It was. The root beer float. And I'm going to say, um, I don't know if you guys remember at the um, the move, the drive-in, you know, when they had the swing sets in the front of the, mm-hmm. um, uh, of the, of the, you know, what do you call it? The, where they would show the movie, you know, the screen. They had, you know, during the break, you can go over there on the swing set. But, yeah, we snuck in, too, like that. We were hiding underneath the blankets. We did get caught, and they just let us go through. But, you know, we never took uh, – we never went to the concession stand either. We always took everything. And you know what? I'm still kind of that way. I still take my own little snacks in. So we do buy popcorn, but it's not as good. And I make – Nick can eat popcorn for days. I'll make a big thing over the stove, and his he has, like, this old pot that he's been using. It's, it's already seasoned. And I make – I don't burn one single kernel. I'm mm. really good. And I only use real butter, too. Uh, <laughs> Jackie, only real butter. And only I have. Well, I, I just had a call. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Felicia, for calling in. We I really appreciate to call you. you. Okay. Yes, I, I love your show, and it's funny because you, you, you know, hearing you girls and just everything that from when we were all growing up, we all have similar stories of living in the IE. Which, eh, thank God, I made it out. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, Felicia, when you come out to Palm Springs, I'll take you to China 8, which they still serve Fu Yang. It, it is a Cantonese restaurant right around the corner in Cathedral oh. City. And they even have the paper uh, uh, so menus with all the Year of the Dragon stuff, which I love. So come out to Palm Springs. Oh. I'll take you to lunch. I didn't Definitely. Know there was that would be nice. I took mom there. Oh, cool. Thank you, Felicia. Bye. All right, girls. Have fun. Bye. If anyone else wants to call in, we've got a couple more minutes left. 909-534-5684. Fidel said a good one. Fidel mentioned Juanitas. I was thinking of Juanitas. Is it still open? I know yeah. it's right on uh, 4th Street? 4th and Grove. I don't know. I never really like to eat there because everyone would always say, <laughs> are you going to go to your restaurant? And I'd be like, no. Because <laughs> my name is Juanita Emans, Jam. And uh, it was Juanitas, there was one and two. I think number two was right next to McDonald's, which is was our McDonald's on 4th and Grove, a little over from Grove. But yeah, my dad also owned a bar and he would um, make us for breakfast microwave pizza. Yes, the big O. The big O. Yeah, and that's a whole nother episode about bars. Because the only thing I love more than food is a dive bar with a jukebox. Mm. Oh, and you play pool. I do. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't drink, but she plays pool. So I do. Yeah. We go to this place in Riverside that's closed. It's going to be closed right now because of the COVID called The Sire. And oh. it's so old school. It has like a um, horseshoe on the sign. And like there's all these. If the average age is like 75 and we'll go in there and plug the jukebox with punk. And they'll be like. Blast. <laughs> we'll plug it for like 10 bucks because you do it online. Blast this mess. They're like, what is this depressing music? Who's Even playing worse, this? Like New York Dolls or Iggy Pop or like really hardcore stuff sometimes. And we'll just be cracking up watching everyone's faces. Well, even when I travel, I always try to find a bar with a pool table, right? So the mm-hmm. Tilted Stick and Ocean Beach is one of my favorite places. I was going to go there. Not anymore. Thank you, COVID. But, you know, we all got to do our part. I lived there, actually, for a bit. Oh, I love Ocean Beach. I went to San Diego State, so we lived there. Oh, Ocean Beach is so But now it's real hippie. hippie. Before, it wasn't that. I think it was just coming out, and there's a hostel there, so you get to meet a lot of people from around the world. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, we're just about to wrap it up, but let me tell you about, um, we're going to skip next week. Uh, I got to plan my next episode, which is going to be a television episode. Jackie's probably going to call in on that one. 
We're going to have a great giveaway. I'm going to have my friend Samuel Ottman, who is a professor of creative writing and who is writing a memoir where every chapter deals with an 80s television show, 70s and 80s television. Cool. We're talking different strokes. We're talking Sanford and Son. We're talking Good Times. We're talking Brady Bunch. We're talking Facts of Life. It's going to be epic. So next week, I'm taking a break, but the week after that, I'll be back, and we're going to do a, a, a show called TV Wasteland. Ooh. Yeah. Very Not cool. Not Teenage Wasteland, TV Wasteland. <laughs> okay. Thanks for coming in, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thank you, Jacqueline. Yeah. Yeah, I love you, Wonder Twin. Thank you, April. Thank Thanks, you, Rag April. House Media. Life of Gem. Peace. Add my, add my Facebook page. That way you can get the live stream. Going. Going <laughs> oh.